0: Part two, Chapter two of Bonaventure, a Prose Pastoral of Acadian Louisiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bonaventure, a Prose Pastoral of Acadian Louisiana, by George w Cable. Part two, Chapter two, In a Strange Land. An hour later the stranger, quite alone, had left behind him the broad, smooth road between rustling walls of sugar-cane that had brought him through Belle plantation. The way before him was little more than a bridle-path along the earth thrown up beside a draining ditch in a dense swamp. The eye could run but a little way ere it was confused by the tangle of vegetation, the trees of the all-surrounding forest sweet gums water oaks magnolias cast their shade obliquely along and across his way and wherever it fell the undried dew still sparkled on the long grass a pervading whisper seemed to say good-bye to the great human world scarce the note of an insect joined with his footsteps in the coarse herbage to break the stillness he made no haste ferns were often about his feet, and vines were both there and everywhere. The soft blue tufts of the ageratum were on each side continually. Here and there in wet places clumps of Indian shot spread their pale scroll leaves and sent up their green and scarlet spikes. Of stature greater than his own, the goldenrod stood, crested with yellow plumes, unswayed by the still air." Often he had to push apart the brake canes and press through with bowed head. Nothing met him in the path. Now and then there were faint signs underfoot, as if wheels might have crushed the ragged turf long weeks before. Now and then the print of a hoof was seen in the black soil, but a spider had made it her home, and spread across it her silken snares if he halted and hearkened he heard far away the hawk screaming to his mate and maybe looking up caught a glimpse of him sailing in the upper air with the sunlight glowing in his pinions or in some bush near by heard the soft rustle of the wren or the ruffling whiff and nervous chip of the cardinal "'or saw for an instant the flirt of his crimson robes "'as he rattled the stiff, jagged fans of the palmetto. "'At length the path grew easier and lighter. "'The woods on the right gave place to a field half claimed for cotton "'and half given up to persimmon saplings, blackberry bushes, and rampant weeds. "'A furry pony with mane and tail so loaded with cockleburs "'that he could not shake them, lifted his head and stared.' a moment afterward the view opened to right and left and the path struck a grassy road at right angles and ended just there stood an aged sow unclean one said the grave wayfarer where dwells your master ignore you the english tongue but i shall speak not in another tis that same that i am arriving to bring you The brute, with her small bestial eye fixed on him distrustfully and askance, moved enough to the right to let him pass on the other hand, and with his coat on his arm, so strong was the October sun, he turned into the road westward, followed one or two of its slight curves, and presently saw neat fields on either hand, walled in on each farther side by the moss-hung swamp, and now a small gray unpainted house, then two or three more, the roofs of others peering out over the dense verdure, and down at the end of the vista a small white spire and cross. Then at another angle two men seated on the roadside. Their diffident gaze bore that look of wild innocence that belongs to those who see more of dumb nature than of men. Their dress was homespun, the older was about fifty years old, the other much younger. Sirs, have I already reached Grand Point? The older replied in an affirmative that could but just be heard, laid back a long lock of his straight brown hair after the manner of a short haired girl, and rose to his feet. I hunt, said the traveller slowly, Mr Maximian Roussel. A silent bow. "'Tis you?' The same motion again. The traveller produced a slip of paper folded once, and, containing a line or two of writing, hastily pencilled that morning at Belle Alliance. Maximian received it timidly, and held it helplessly before his downcast eyes, with the lines turned perpendicularly, while the pause grew stifling, and until the traveller said, "'Tis Mr. Wallace make that introduction.' At the name of the owner of the beautiful plantation, the man who had not yet spoken rose, covered with whittlings. It was like a steer getting up out of the straw. He spoke. Monsieur Wally, sa commence à mouliner? Is begin to grind? He shall commence in the centre of the next week. Maximian's eyes rose slowly from the undeciphered paper. The travellers met them. He pointed to the missive the school-teacher therein alluded tis me oh cried the villager joyously maître d'école school-teacher but said the stranger not worthy the title he accepted gratefully the hand of one and then of the other Joaquin, said Maximian, all hand Joaquin house They went Indian-file across the road, down a sinuous footpath, over a stile, and up to his little single-story unpainted house, and tramped in upon the railed gallery. "'A monsieur le bourgeois,' said the host, as the schoolmaster accepted a split-bottomed chair, "'he's begin to grind?' Within this ground-floor veranda, chief appointment of all Acadian homes,' The traveller accepted a drink of water in a blue tumbler brought by the meek wife. The gallery just now was scattered with the husband's appliances for making perique tobacco into carrots, the carrot press. Its small iron-ratcheted wooden windlass extended along the top rail of the balustrade across one of the gallery's ends. Lines of half-inch grass rope, for wrapping the carrots into diminished bulk and solid shape, lay along underfoot. Beside one of the doors, in deep hickory baskets, were parcels of cured tobacco swaddled in cotton cloths and ready for the torture of ropes and windlass. From the joists overhead hung the pods of tobacco seed for next year's planting. End of Part Two, Chapter Two